You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. It's good to see everyone here this morning. And, um, well, uh, <laughs> it's interesting that uh, the, the, this morning in all of our services, whether online or in person, many people, I mean, people watching, the, the mess, I mean, the message of this morning transmitted to all of our locations, and it just so happened that it's only life point that I'm, I'm speaking physically today. <laughs> um, and it's a privilege to be here to be a blessing to you guys. I hope you've had a great time out of uh, the lockdown, the shutdown, and post-COVID, or, you know, uh, uh, I hope that you, you've had a great time and you're, you're pulling everything together. Let me start out this morning by telling somebody that whatever you may have gone through all this time, you're not alone. Yeah. COVID came to happen to all of us. You know, big or small, rich or old, I mean, or, or poor, young and old. COVID came to happen to all of us. I remember when the, it all started and my daughters were asking me questions. So, Dad, what's this all about? You know, why can't we go to school? Why? I mean, I have teenage, teenagers, so I just told them, just Google everything, go online. Read it yourself. Yeah, that's why you have your tablets and your laptops. Just go and, and study, and then let's have a robust discussion. I don't want to be explaining the virus. I'm not a medical doctor, so I, I, I don't want to explain the virus. I just want to tell you what God wants to do out of this and where God is taking all of us. And it's been a wonderful um, experience. It's, it's been, you know, a mixture of all kinds of emotions. But wherever you are today, I just wanted to know that God is about to meet you at every point of need in the precious name of Jesus. Uh, like Pastor Busola said, we started a teaching, of, a teaching series last Sunday, uh, which we tagged loving and leaving. It's about relationships. Now, you may be in church this morning and maybe what you want to hear is not relationship. Or maybe your heart is heavy. Maybe you don't even want to think about love, let alone relationship. I just wanted to sit come, you know, and just follow me. The next about 40 minutes, uh, uh, I, I just believe that whatever may be in your heart this morning, God is still going to speak to you in the midst of all this. And I, I'm just going to release myself to God. Uh, it's whatever you pull from God, and God pulls my spirit, and then I'm going to speak. I have, you know, uh, a message prepared, but I'm not going to get stuck on it at all, because I believe that someone here this morning who, who just wants to hear something from God? There's somebody this morning that God just wants to speak to your heart and touch your heart, you know, one way or the other. And I believe that, you know, the, 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 the power of God in this atmosphere will definitely touch your life in Jesus' precious name. Somebody say a better amen. amen. All right. Many years ago, when I was trying to figure out my life and, you know, figure out what, what, what I'm going to do with my life, who I'm going to be with and who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, um, uh, where I'm going to live, you know, all those kind of things. I realized that there are many contending forces in my heart, uh, like preferences, like dreams from when I was, you know, very little to things I'm not learning now uh, that may be changing my mind about some childhood dreams, you know, and stuff like that. Um, many things contending with making certain decisions. I mean, for instance, when I was about to make a decision about who, who to, to marry, uh, 
there were contending issues. Whether I should marry someone who is like me, who can be, you know, outgoing and everywhere all the time, or somebody who is reserved so that our home can be balanced, you know, uh, but I still... <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit funny in the sense that even up to today, I still ask myself, um, okay, uh, is it, what about if both of us are just scatterers? We just scatter things and we just, you know, uh, because in, in my home currently now, I'm the one that scatters. My wife is a calm one. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I second guess my decision to still say, maybe it will be more fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying all this this morning? I just want to tell somebody here who in the last few months, your mind may have been everywhere. Yeah, you, you know, uh, 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 someone shared a God experience this morning. And, you know, I, I can imagine where your mind has been in the last few months to be, you know, I thought this radio station job would just take me to stardom. You know, all of a sudden, maybe I'll just become like a, who? Huh? who, who? Who should we use as example? <laughs> All right, I'll just become, you know, the next best thing in radio, you know, or something like that, a great broadcaster. And then, you know, all of a sudden, the job just, just, you just, just saw the job evaporating. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes it just looks like something that you thought you have grabbed is just, it just, it just dissolves in your hand and it's just, just going away all of a sudden, all like that. Sometimes a relationship. You, you thought you had a very firm grip on your emotion, you know, and all that. And all of a sudden, this thing just dissolves in your hand. Um, there's this young lady. I think she, she sometimes attends a, a mainland center, <clears throat> popular on social media. Uh, she's a comedian, Maraji. Yeah. Yeah. How many people saw the post that she made recently about uh, uh, a heartbreak? And she was literally crying on social media. And she said, guys, you know I make you laugh, but today, no, I'm the one crying because someone just broke my heart. Somebody walked out of my life. I said, the last month I've been a wreck. So that's why I've not been a social. She has not posted anything. And people were wondering, where's Maraji? Where's Maraji? Uh, um, well, it's free publicity for Maraji this morning, just in case you don't know her. But, <laughs> but I know most of you will know her because she posts, you know, all kinds of funny comedy and uh, she uh, you know many personalities and all that that kind of stuff that she does uh, you know and, and i was watching that was it yesterday or two days ago and i was uh, you know my heart just melted for her in fact all of immediately i had to call uh, the deputy resident pastor on the mainland pastor bola this and say pastor bola i thought you once told me that maraji attends you know mainland said say yes that even before lockdown i've seen her like three times this year or three or four times this year i said you need to get a number now and call her I just saw a post on social media. Uh, she's, she's a wreck, and she's, she's still having a, a meltdown, and she needs help. You see, sometimes your, your most valuable asset is just oh, that thing that brings joy to you. You just realize that it's just, the thing is just slipping out gradually, and it looks like God has left. You know, it looks like God is, God is on sabbatical, <laughs> or God is on a recess. But you know the song we sang, when we call him, he will answer. Yeshua does not go to the bathroom. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The Bible says the keeper of Israel, he never sleeps, he never slumbers. Yeah, he does not sleep, he does not slumber. He does not have the capacity to shut down for one second. It's always there. Sometimes it may look like 
It's not looking in our direction. But you can imagine if a mother, the Bible says, if a, if a mother will not, will, will forsake, can a mother forsake the cry of a suckling child? If she will do that at all, it's for the benefit of that child. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. If she will do that at all, it's for the benefit of that child. So it may, maybe it looks like God has looked away the last few weeks or few months. Perhaps it's for your benefit because it's something that God wants you to figure out. Something that God really wants you to figure out. And I'm here this morning to help somebody. This is going to be slightly different from the message I'm preaching, you know, in all the churches today. Uh, uh, I've been in the teaching series that I've taught spice. Uh, spicing up your life and spicing up your relationships. And last Sunday we started with priority. As many as were here for the trial service, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed the message on priority and how you prioritize your life. And I said spy, I mean, uh, one, the first spice that you should bring into your life and bring it to any relationship is priority. Make me feel important. That if I'm in a relationship with someone, I, I want to feel that this person prioritizes me. And I'm prioritizing the person and we're making each other feel uh, uh, important. But the second spice I'm speaking to in all of our churches today is pursuit. But I'm going to bring a twist to it in this service, especially for you, because some, something has been pulled out of my spirit. And that's that you get to a point in your life where you, it looks like things are evaporating and just dissolving in your hand. And what God wants at that time is that your pursuit will not diminish, but it will be on the increase. You know, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew 7 and verse 7, the Bible says, uh, uh, Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. He said, whoever, uh, uh, he said, ask and you, it shall be given to you. you know, go back to verse 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Verse 8. He said, for everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks find. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Shall be open. And that's, that's the main word that I brought for somebody here this morning. That this is not a time to stop knocking. This is not a time to stop asking. This is not a time to stop pushing. This is a time to knock, to push, to ask, to do all that you can to accelerate things around your life. Starting with your relational life because it's very, very important. Now, you may be listening to me today and you don't have, you're not in any relationship. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I teach relationship messages, I'm always very mindful of people who are not in any relationship because they are, it's more advantageous to them, really, than the people in relationships. And I'm going to explain why. Experience, we say, is the best teacher, but it's not that. But it's only the best teacher uh, when it's not your own experience. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. If if you are going to break a leg before you know how not to jump, you may limp for the rest of your life. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. But if somebody told you that if you jump here, you may break a leg, because I did, and this is how I'm working now, then that's, <laughs> that's the experience of somebody else, and it may be your best teacher. Because you don't have to repeat the same mistake. I don't know if you're getting me today. So when I said that, when I'm, when I'm teaching relationship, I love it when I have, 
even people who are not in relationships, listening, is that they're able to get things that will not make them repeat the mistakes that other people who may be in the relationship now and we're correcting them. So we're preempting the mistake that you, you will make. But I need you to understand this as I go on. Whether for relationship, for your career, for your happiness in life, pursuit is a spice that God wants you to bring in seriously right now, understanding that it's a case of seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. When we go through all kinds of situations in life, what happens to us is that we start to slow down in our capacity to keep knocking or to keep seeking. We start to give excuses why our energy is reducing. I've, I've met with all kinds of uh, single people. Some people even tell me, PJ, I'm not looking forward to marriage because what did my mom get out of it? What did my friend get out of it? He said, my friend, I mean, a, a guy once told me he was, he, was a, he was the best man of his friend and the marriage of his friend lasted six months. <laughs> and he, he, he paid for suit and shoes. <laughs> you can imagine. And he had to travel for the wedding. Bought his own ticket. You know, all those things. He, he personally spent and invested into this six-month thing. <laughs> the way it was paining him, it was as if PG, if I knew it was going to last six months, why would I spend my money buying suit? You know, why would I buy a ticket and be traveling and be, my friend is getting married? Six months down the line, they were not, no longer together. So when you go through that kind of situation, when you have experienced that before, there's a way it diminishes your capacity to desire a great relationship or a great marriage. Yeah. If, you, if you've lost one or two jobs or one or two disappointments here and there, somebody said, come for an interview or do this, you know, all that, and you don't have an assurance in your heart that God's going to make all things to work together for your good, there's a point you may get to that they will tell you, oh, that company is recruiting. I say, yeah, so what? I apply now. I say, the one, I, I, all the ones I have applied for, what happened? Yeah. Do you know that life comes to us sometimes and what life wants to do to us is that life wants to bring us to a place where our capacity to trust in our God, where our capacity to release our faith, our capacity to, be, to, to, to release great energy towards our future and our destiny starts to diminish. That's when a Christian gets to that you say pray. Even to say in the name of Jesus is a problem. Yeah. Why you, you wake up in the morning, you sit down and you're just staring at Instagram. What a thing to do first thing in the morning. You know, because you just feel, maybe if I flip through some people's story, I'll see something that will excite me because there's nothing exciting about today. And when somebody greets you good morning, say, what's good about the morning? Yeah. If somebody is there at that point right now, you're the one that came to speak to you today. Because God wants you to pick yourself from that point and trust him for a fresh burst of energy to come into your life, to give your life a boost. Coronavirus may have come to slow down the whole world, but it doesn't mean it has to slow down your own destiny. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying this morning. Because there's more with God than what you have, you know, much more than what you have experienced so far. When the whole world says there's a casting down, we should be able to say there's a lifting up. So I speak to somebody here this morning, there's a lifting up in your life, and there's a lifting up in your relationship. 
in the precious name of Jesus. Oh, somebody say a better amen. amen. I said there's a lifting up in your life and a lifting up in your relationship in the precious name of Jesus. So back to my main relationship text for this year's relationship series, Genesis 2, uh, 24 and 25, or starting from 24, where it says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And be joined to his wife. Uh, um, uh, the, the, the most significant thing there for this service is if you're going to get into a relationship that will result into marriage, that be joined to his wife talks about pursuit. The same way that a man will leave father and mother, leave the past behind, leave the familiar behind, leave the things that I've gone through at home behind, leave the experiences of my father and mother behind, whether they were cat and dog or cat and mouse, whatever it is, leave it behind and pursue a destiny in relationship. It's the same way in career. It's the same way, you know, in many other things that we need to always learn to leave the familiar, the past behind. A few weeks ago, my wife and I were just meditating and just thinking about life generally. And we said, you know, life is like, like, um, like a compound or like a house. Um, I think we we're having this discussion in our bedroom. And we we're saying, look, it's like some people, the, the best life experience they've had is their bedroom experience, as in it's localized. Their experience is so localized. You know you can live in a house and you have only experienced the bedroom. You have not even stepped into the living room area, the living area, or stepped into the kitchen of destiny. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Let alone, you know, uh, understand that there's still a compound that has a play area, you know, and all that. And some people have not even gotten outside of the, 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 the compound or building. The world is bigger than what you have experienced. Can I speak to somebody here this morning? The world is bigger than what you have experienced. When I started traveling, that was when I realized that it's possible for you to just cope your life based on what you have experienced. Yeah. Based on what, it, it, it's, like, it's like Americans, for instance. Americans have the American football. They call it World Series. Yeah. It's World Series. As far as they are concerned, it's like their World Cup. And it's only Americans competing with Americans. Most Americans, have, see, as good as they are, they've not gone out of the U.S. before. Almost all my American friends have not gone out of the U.S. before. So, they don't even understand what's going on in other parts of the world. And it's the same experience that some people have. Lagos is not the world. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. So, your experience is not all that it is, I mean, that the world is all about. Your family experience, you can break out. That's all I'm saying this morning, somebody. You can break out. You can break out. And breaking out depends on my desire. What do I really desire? Can I say this? The proof of desire is pursuit. So, uh, somebody wants a great marriage, for instance, because we're talking relationship. I know I'm everywhere, but just follow me. Somebody wants a great marriage, for instance. You need to tell yourself, if this is a real desire, I must pursue it. And how do I pursue it? 
I must put myself in a place right now where I'm learning what I'm supposed to learn. I'm putting behind what I'm supposed to put behind so that I'm moving closer to destiny fulfillment. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Yeah. Without leaving, you cannot cleave. Yeah. And the word in Hebrew for cleave or join is to pursue with great energy to cling to something zealously. And when you read Genesis 2 and verse 24, it speaks to it from a marriage point of view. But it's a rule of life. That's what I'm trying to say. That if you want a new experience, you have to pursue based on a desire. And you see, there's a difference between a wish and a desire. A wish is what you wish for sitting down. A desire is what you dream of, and that dream propels you, wakes you up in the middle of the night to study if you have to study, to pray if you have to pray, to send an email if you have to send an email. Because somebody's listening to me right now, maybe you have been out of a job for a while, and the feeling of being jobless has sapped your energy for life. Now they tell you, send an email, said I'll send it. And the person who told you to send the email says, on Monday, so you on Friday, I say, have you sent the email? I'm still planning to. Yeah. There's no more proof of desire, which is pursuit. You're no longer pursuing. You're no longer pursuing. I pray for somebody here today. Whatever has stilled your energy for pursuit, I command in the name of Jesus that the hold of that thing is broken over your heart. From this morning, I receive over you great strength to pursue your destiny. To pursue your destiny. Can I get a better amen, somebody? It's important that you understand this. That God, even the scriptures, the Bible says from the days of John the Baptist. He said the kingdom of God suffer violence. Violence there does not mean pointing somebody's face. It's violent pursuit of God. If you understand that when we call him, he will answer. He says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. For whoever seeks will find. And whoever knock, the doors have opened unto him. Many people. See, when, when you talk about your prayer life, for instance, and it's so draggy and probably non-existent, all you're saying is that I've lost all the energy to knock. I, don't, I, no, I no longer knock the door. Yeah. And he says he's the one that knocks vehemently, consistently, with energy. That's the one that the door will be open to. May the door of destiny open to somebody here today. May the doors of great ideas for new beginnings open to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say you better. Amen. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. So, uh, uh, as, 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 I mean, I know many people here are singles. As singles, let nothing derail you from a desire to have the best of God in your marital life. And anyone who is here today who is married, I also want you to know that pursuit does not end in marriage. It's just, it's just starting. It's just starting in marriage. Yeah. When it comes to relationships. The same way you're on a career path, even as a married person, and you're pursuing your career to get to the next level. It's the same way in marriage, if you want, you know, the continuous goodness that comes from God, you have to keep pursuing. You have to keep you know, uh, pursuing each other. You have to keep, uh, you know, the, the illustration I, I, I gave in the message of this morning is from Genesis 19, from, from verse 26. Uh, it talks about the life of Lot. 
and his wife. Maybe I should, I should make that analogy quickly, quickly. Um, um, who should help me? Bimbo, come. Femi, come. Yeah. I'm actually looking for married people so I don't join somebody in the spirit today. Uh, because if I call two people that are not married, uh, the spirit may just join you. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to take responsibility for that. <laughs> so, this is, this, is, this is just an analogy for you to When you get to them, please read Genesis 19. Genesis 19 Surely when you read from verse 25, 26 upwards, you will read a story. I, I just don't want to take your time with it today. You read a story about Lot. Yeah, Lot, Abraham's nephew. What happened there, if you remember, if you have ever read that, uh, 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 some of this passage of the scripture in Genesis before, in Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham and said, go to the place that I will show you. What happened was that the Bible says, uh, I think Genesis uh, uh, 12 and verse 2 or 3 says, and Abraham departed. And then, you know, departed with Sarah. Because we don't do life alone. We are created for connection, not isolation. Yeah. Abraham departed with his wife. And the Bible says, Lot went with him. So, Lot was enjoying the grace of God that was upon the life of Abraham. But this was what happened. That grace rubbed off on, uh, on Lot so much, he started to do great. And then by the time you get to Genesis 18, Genesis 19, uh, you see that uh, um, Lot had become a great person. But before then, there was an argument between Lot's people and Abraham's people. Lot now also has servants and all that, by the way. So Lot's servants were fighting Abraham's servants. And Abraham said, choose whatever you want. Just take the land. And Lot did not have common sense. I'm sorry to say that. He didn't have common sense. Yeah. If I, if, I mean, if we jam in heaven, I'm still going to ask him. Something was wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because your uncle brought you to Lagos. <laughs> and then you became a big boy, maybe in real estate or oil and gas. And then your uncle was saying, eh, 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 I, so that we won't be fighting. Uh, choose between banana and ekoi. Uh, you know, and he said, the, the, uh, instead of you to say, uncle, you know you brought me here. Just tell me where to go. I'll go. Because it's the grace of God on your life that we're enjoying. You are the one God called. I wasn't there when God said to Abraham, go to the place that I'll show you. Me, I was just following. Lot, you see, when things start to happen great for you, sometimes you forget where you're coming from. Lot looked and the Bible says he chose the best places there. And Abraham was just like, whatever is remaining, I'll take. A man of grace does not struggle. Yeah. He just says, what, whatever is remaining, yeah, I, I, I'll take. And Abraham remained, you know, there in Canaan. Lord chose the place that's called Sodom. And, you know, Gomorrah was also there, Sodom and Gomorrah. Today, when we talk about Sodomy or Sodomize and all that, it, it, they invented it in Sodom. Yeah, yeah. They invented all those things in Sodom. Yeah. That's why the actions and the lifestyle, they have to name it after Sodom. <laughs> that's how bad the place was. Even when the angels got there, or the people that God sent to them, time will not permit to read it today. The people of Sodom, were, they wanted to sodomize the people that God sent. Yeah. To the point that Lot had become so deranged, he said, I will give you my virgin daughters. Leave them. What kind of a man? I mean, I have two daughters at home. Yeah. 16 and 14. I 
you will come to my house and say, I'll give them to you. I don't know, as in, when you read that, you just know that Lot lost something. He lost it completely. Yeah, he lost it. He's gone through all kinds of emotions in that place. He didn't even know how to think right again. To be, to be offering his daughters to the useless people of the town so that he can leave the angels of God that came to rescue them, you know. And the angels had to fight and literally uprooted Lot and his family out of that place. But whilst they were going, and you see, when we've gone through all kinds of things, especially like this COVID period that has happened, many people have lost a job, you know. Somebody may be listening to me right now, you're actually in a relationship. But since all this COVID while has started, the relationship has been somehow. Because maybe the guy lost his job and is no longer picking your call. Now he's angry with everybody, plus his employer, plus you, you know, and all. All, all kinds of things have happened. Yeah, it may be the babe too. The babe just, I just need time to think about my life. You know, and you are wondering, ah, I'm, I'm not the one that took your job. I'm not the one that reduced your salary. Some people got 50% pay and since that time they're not smiling again. Yeah. Because they just said until things resume, I mean, until things are better, you may not get a better pay. And because of that, you are cantankerous. Uh, you know, your emotions are everywhere. It's time to slow down and give God the praise for what you have. Yeah. If you have 70% of what you used to earn before, some people are not earning anything now. When you celebrate God for what you have, it will add to it. If you grumble, it may even take what is there. <laughs> Some people don't like what I'm saying this morning. But I have to tell you the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And when you go through all kinds of things, you need to be careful how it starts to affect the most critical areas of your life. That's where I'm going. As I'm speaking to you this morning, I want you to check your emotion. What we go through it's not as important as who we are becoming. Can I say that one more time? I said, what you have been through is not as important as who you are becoming. Two people will go through the same things. One will count it all joy, and in the midst of everything, it's getting stronger. The other person is becoming a cantankerous person, an angry person, an unhappy person. What I go through is not as important as who I'm becoming. Can you hear me ask your neighbor? I know you are wearing masks. Say, who are you, who are you becoming? Yeah, because that's how it will sound today. <laughs> yeah, because we always need to be mindful of who we are becoming. It's very important. As you leave this service this morning, you need to ask yourself a critical question. Who am I becoming? Sorry, guys, I'm going to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? In the last three months, the last four months, who have I become? Some people used to be a God chaser. But in the last couple of months, you have become a God looker. You know what God is doing? What God is doing? We are seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how some, what some people have become. They said, oh, uh, uh, there's a prayer meeting online. Okay, we'll be there. Yeah. And as they are doing prayer meeting, you are frying the dough. They say, rebo, 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 rebo. Changing, you know. That, that, that's, 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 that's who you have become. You that used to be passionate. That you pray, you cry, you kneel on the floor to, to pray and to, to worship. Now we are worshiping. It doesn't even touch you. Who are you becoming? Because when we go through seasons of life, Proverbs 24 and verse 10, the Bible says if you fail in a day of adversity, it's not because of the adversity, it's because of your strength. Say your strength is small. A lot of the time people focus on the adversity. You are not the only one going through the adversity. But when adversity comes to two people, and one is stronger than the other, 
What you see is that in the midst of the adversity, one is standing, the other one may be collapsing. It's not about the adversity. It's about your strength, your strength. Who are you becoming? Yeah, because life will always happen. Life will always happen to us. And it, it depends on who we are becoming, not what is happening in our world. So, adversities will come to test the metal of your foundation and your strength. That's what they come to do. Yeah. Jesus said, uh, uh, talking about, he said, oh, oh, he said, the man that builds his house on the rock said it's likened to a, a wise man who builds his house on the rock. He said the wind and the waves will come. When they come, not if they come, because they will always come. Yeah, they will always come. When they come, he said they beat upon the foundation vehemently, but the house is standing. In the case of Lot and his wife, the problem in Sodom, all the emotional things that happen, all the issues, you know, the fact that they're going to destroy, I mean, they have to leave everything behind. They were going through all kinds of things, emotional transition, physical transition, all kinds of things were happening. And it, it, it put a wedge in between them. So normally, in a dating relationship, like I described, you know, earlier today, what happens is, join your hands together. In a dating relationship, it's described as side by side. It's a relationship of two equals with one person leading and giving direction. So as you walk forward, as we're walking, so Femi will be saying, we're going to turn left now. And then she will turn with Femi. That's, that's, that's what we're practicing in a dating relationship. We're enjoying partnership, come back. Partnership, companionship, you know, all kinds of things. Friendship. Yeah. All those ships are the things that make, you know, real relationship work. So it's not an entanglement. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Because entanglement does not have any ship. All that it has is sex ship. If there's any ship at all. Just want to have sex. That's entanglement. Yeah. When we see ourselves, we don't think about future or anything. We just want to tear our clothes. Yeah. That's all. We don't think about, so where is this going? Hmm? What, where are we going to be in 10 years? Hmm? How are you going to help me succeed in life? It's not a problem. Just tear my clothes, I tear your clothes. Yeah. That's an entanglement. It's, there's no reasoning or thinking and all that invested into an entanglement. But in a real relationship, you're thinking companionship, partnership, partnering to succeed, partnering to fulfill destiny. Building great friendship that will, uh, you know, that will bring, give me pleasure that I'm with you. My esteem is being built up, not being demolished. Yeah. My joy is increasing, not going down. My peace and sense of confidence is growing. This is, that's a real relationship. It's side by side. We don't lose sight of each other. Yeah. We check on each other all the time. That's a real relationship. I'm happy to be with you. Yeah, I feel secured with you. I don't think I'm walking in darkness. Yeah, that's a real relationship. And then when the relationship becomes marriage, what happened? Face yourself. It then becomes face to face. Hold hands together. Yeah. So a courtship relationship, a dating relationship can become a marriage face to face. In face to face, we have intimacy. Yeah. Into me, you see. Don't prepare us. What? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have called people that are not married. Because <laughs> they want to be preparing us now. Relax. Yeah. 
So, uh, um, <laughs> meanwhile, you're making me feel you may kiss the bride, but you, can't, you won't kiss anything here today. Uh, with this, your mask, just keep it like that. <laughs> because this is, this, is, this is what a good marital relationship looks like. We see into each other. High balls to high balls. I can see through you, you can see through me. I'm not passwording my phone or my laptop. We're seeing, we're seeing. You can see my account, I can see your account. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, eh? <laughs> Someone said lie, lie. Okay. Um, but you see, that's the challenge I brought to you today. Because if we pursue well enough in a real relationship, what happens is that, you know, you will, you, you, you will be practicing these things. When you get into marriage, it's not going to be difficult. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, when you get into marriage, it's, no longer, it's not going to be a difficult thing. Next week, you know, I'll, I'll be speaking to the subject of oneness. See, when this is practiced well, you know what the scripture says there in, in, in Genesis uh, 2 and 24? A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And then what's next? And the two shall become one. When this is not done properly, there cannot be oneness. Emotional oneness, financial oneness, all those things. All these lie-lie things is what will be happening. <laughs> yeah, you understand? And if, if, if we are only one sexually, but we are not one financially, we are not really one. If we're only one sexually, but we're, we're not one emotionally, it means that it's when you have my time, you share some with me, you're still sharing your emotions with some other people out there. Yeah, I hope you're, you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. And can I, can I sound this note of warning to all the singles here? Before you move to face-to-face, -face, concentrate on side-by-side. -side. Yeah. Concentrate on side-by-side. -side. A courtship relationship is a side-by-side, -side, not face-to-face. Let somebody come into a covenant before we move to face to face. Yes, a dating relationship is not a covenant relationship. There's no covenant. It's boy meets girl. Yeah. Just doing life. Just, you know. But when you get into a covenant of marriage, that's when we move to face to face. And in face to face, God doesn't care. Do whatever you like. If you like, have sex from morning till night. It's not God's problem. Yeah. In face to face, he has signed off. In fact, he invites his angels to come and help you as you are doing it. Yeah. Not the one that uh, you are wondering if somebody is coming or not. The Bible says it's like stolen water. It's, you drink it with agitation. You know, that's stolen water. But when you have water that is delivered to you, Scripture says drink water from your own well. And, you know, from your own system and running water from your own well. That's when you have come into a covenant relationship of marriage. Can I speak to anyone who may have found yourself in a bad place, even through this lockdown? I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Because when I got into this place, as I sat down there this morning, one word I was ringing in my spirit was mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. The fact that there's no mistake that God cannot overlook. He only does not want us to remain in our error. Yeah. Doesn't want us to remain in our error. I hope somebody's getting me today. So this is what it looks like. In the case of uh, 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 Lot and his wife, the situation they went through, like I was saying, 
destroyed pursuit amongst them. What the Bible describes, give me Genesis 19 and, um, and verse 26. Can you put it up for me, please, quickly? Genesis 19 and verse 26. The Bible says, but his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. The making of a pillar of salt wife, let's describe it. Yeah. Is that instead of face to face, you know, if they were either side to side, side by side or face to face, as they were escaping Sodom to go into a place of safety, and the angels warned them, you must not look back. If the wife was even tempted to look back, maybe she has a Bugatti in a, or Rolls Royce in Sodom. And she was say, ah, oh my gold. You know, you know, women like gold. Yeah, they, they, they like gold. Oh my, you know, Gucci, Gucci bag. You know, as she was about to, Lot would say, no. No. Face front. The God who gave you that Gucci will give you Prada. As we're going, you know, just, 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 just keep looking straight as we're going. But because they allow the situation to create, you know, a, a, a gap between them, Lot's wife was right. She, she doesn't want to do it. I understand. Don't worry. It's not going to be your portion in Jesus' name. <laughs> Lot's wife, I mean, and Lot, Lot couldn't care less again. He was just working. The woman was working behind him. Yeah. They were practicing social distancing <laughs> as they were going. <laughs> A relationship was supposed to be side by side, face to face, as become social distancing kind of relationship, you know. And as they were going, the woman looked back. Lord did not even know because even Lord doesn't want to look back. You understand what I'm saying? So he was just going straight and then pillar of salt right behind him. Yeah. If you're in a relationship today, I pray for you that you will not mess up the will of God in your life. Amen. See, when a relationship breaks, it's not because it's not the will of God. It's because uh, the two people there may not be working it out according to God's plan. Then God will cause it to fail so that their failure in the future that may be fatal can be curbed now. A, a broken relationship is better than a failed marriage. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So two people may meet each other and they both heard from God. There's no guarantee that because you heard from God, that relationship will work out automatically. No. There's no automatic success eh, in anything with God. What guarantees success, whether it's a relationship or a career, is that you live a principle-centered life. Yeah. God will not break his word for anything. Yeah. Even if he has showed you that this is his will. In the midst of his will, if you refuse to uphold his word, you are playing with failure. So I may be in God's will. God may tell me, go to Lagos, and I'm in Lagos, according to God's will. But how I live in Lagos is what will determine whether I will succeed in Lagos or not. Because some people will say, and God spoke to me. He spoke to me about this relationship. He said, my son, this is your wife. Yeah. And I went and I toasted her. I bought her flower. I did everything. How, Pastor, how come this relationship has failed? Uh, it, it has failed because of how you have uh, lived within the relationship. And what the things you have allowed to affect you. The father, you have stopped pursuing God and pursuing the one that has put in your, in your hand and in your heart. Is somebody still following me today? Thank you. You can have your seat. Let's appreciate them. They tried. So let me wrap this all up. 
Five minutes, I'll be done. Lastly today, if you haven't gotten anything out of everything that I've shared, before we pray, and for that we are going to sing that song again because we're going to pray. Yeah, before we pray, I want to encourage somebody today. Three things that you must not lose sight of this season in five minutes. Three things, quickly. One is clarity. Clarity. A blueprint for destiny. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraints. Where there's no vision, the people perish. That's what one translation says that, King James. NIV says, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraints. Yeah. One translation, I don't know whether it's message or so. It said, when there's no vision, the people live anyhow. Yeah. This is not the time to live anyhow. Will you trust God for clarity of vision this time? That in the midst of anything that I may, you know, that, 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 that I may have gone through, Lord, will you give me a clear direction for my life this season? Somebody may be saying, I've been struggling to pray. It's because maybe you have not been praying about the right thing. There's no way you'll be praying to God for vision or clarity and you won't open your mouth. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So one thing that each and every one of us today, living in this place, you must have at the back of your mind is that God wants you to trust him for clarity. For clarity. For clarity. When there's noise, in the midst of all kinds of things, you, you switch on your TV or your device and you, all your... Praise God. So all you are seeing on Twitter is that they are dragging somebody today, dragging another person tomorrow. You know, some people, all, all you, what has become your project right now is Big Brother Africa. Or Big Brother Niger. Yeah, that, that's the project. As if when they finish, they're going to give you part of the money. You understand what I'm saying? Some people have lost themselves in the midst of all kinds of things. Some people are so much into that stuff, you would think that they will share 50% with the winner. They will stay up at night to watch who is touching who. They will, you know, uh, uh, they, will, they, they don't miss. They will miss prayer meeting online, but they don't miss the house parties and all those things. And with DJs playing this weekend on Big Brother Nigeria, you, you don't miss. See, as much as entertainment is good, too much of it will reduce your clarity for life. I'm just telling you the truth, free of charge. Yeah. Enter too much of entertainment dulls your capacity to pick signals from God. Yeah. Dulls, uh, don't, don't you see that when you overeat eh, and you're sitting down like a statue, after you have finished like two, three or four wraps up under the arm, you are able to comprehend what happens to it at that time. All you just want is, can I just sleep? <laughs> so, too much of anything Meanwhile, food is supposed to give you energy. But too much of it weighs you down. You know, like I used to say when I was in the boarding house, when we finished eating like that, I would say, can somebody find us wheelbarrow? Because somebody needs to wheel me out of this place today. That's what happens when you consume too much of anything. It dulls your sensitivity and your capacity for clarity. So as you leave this place this morning, I'm begging you, Please, don't allow whatever you've you faced this time, whatever you've been through, maybe somebody even feels, oh, maybe I'm feeling a bit depressed. Don't allow that thing to take you into uh, gluttony, either of food or of entertainment materials to the point that you are not even focusing on matters of destiny again. 
You're just waking up and sleeping. That's not how to live life at this time. The season of pandemic is also a season of breakthrough. Some of the greatest discoveries, scientific discoveries of our time, go and, go and study it, Google it, you will see. Just Google scientific discoveries that came during, uh, during pandemics. You'll see a list of them. Yeah. There's a pandemic of, uh, uh, um, is it 600 BC? That's a list of things. Even the pandemic, the last one of 100 years ago. Yeah. 19, uh, um, yeah, 1919, 1918 into 1921, yeah, that's the strength of that, that pandemic, it also came into this Lagos then, yeah, uh, I think they said about 500,000 people died in Lagos in 1918, that pandemic, yeah, but there were many discoveries that time, there were many breakthroughs, because when this happens, what happens is that people's lifestyle changes, preferences will change and money flows in the direction of people's lifestyle and preferences yeah so God wants to give ideas that will move your life forward so please do everything to keep yourself sharpened and sensitive secondly after clarity is energy Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 Habakkuk 2 and verse 2 the Bible says write the vision make it plain on tablets that it may run that it sits that he may run that reads it. Look at the last phrase there. That he may run that reads it. You need energy to run. Yeah. Clarity is the first thing. Then energy is the second thing. Have you seen a blind man running before? No. They take it easy. Because they don't know what they're going to collide with. So when you have clarity, the next thing is your ability to run. Clarity is a waste when you cannot run. When you don't have energy to run. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, those, those two, they don't go together. If you don't have clarity, you're supposed to slow down. But as you start to gain clarity, like a blind man who now starts to see, you don't walk like this again. You start to run. So you need to trust God for energy to run in the direction of destiny this season. Whether it's your relational destiny, your career destiny, there's a time to trust God. To trust God. You know, I said three things in five minutes. The last one is purity. 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 If you would do well with these three things, I'm telling you, when we'll be telling the story of this season, your testimony will be great. Seek God for clarity. Trust Him for energy, that my energy will not diminish. Yeah. You know, during this pandemic, as we stayed at home, at a point I had to be, I'm just being vulnerable and open to you guys, I had to be telling myself, ah, See, finish will not enter my marriage in the name of Jesus. Because, you know, we'll see ourselves from morning till night. Sometimes you see your wife or you see your husband. They have not had their bath till 3 p.m. You know, sometimes you just wake up and jump into a Zoom meeting and the meeting goes on and you say, I'll bath later. And then you continue another meeting and your, your spouse is looking at you, you know. Some people even stay in their pajamas all day. That's the time where attraction and chemistry may just nose dive. Yeah. Because see finish will enter. There will be no energy to pursue each other. And in different areas of life, energy can nose dive. Especially when life has become a bit mysterious. And it looks like we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, in the midst of pandemic and all that, we walk like blind men. 
because there's really no strong clarity. We don't even know what's going to happen next. But God gives clarity. And when he gives us clarity, we need to trust him for energy. Yeah. That we will move with the speed of the Holy Ghost. I was reading one Harvard material a few months ago, a few weeks ago. I was talking about agility. And now they're saying companies should learn to be agile. And I was telling myself, human beings too should be agile. As God gives us clarity, we we'll couple it with agility. Yeah. So you don't, you, don't, you don't want to sleep and wake up at 10 a.m. What happens to 6.30? Yeah. We pray 6 to 7 every day anyway on the Elevation Church uh, Zoom platform. What happens to you joining us maybe two or three times a week? Yeah. I use that to sharpen the spiritual life and agility in the spirit that will result into physical agility that you can pursue your dreams, your goals, and your marital destiny. And the last one there, like I said, is purity. Vision brings discipline and focus. Yeah. When you have a vision of where you are going, it constrains you today to live right today. Have you struggled with your mind during this lockdown? Have you had a struggle with impure thoughts? Have you had a struggle with pornography? Have you had a struggle with thoughts that will take you away from God or make you feel like an enemy of God. Because what happens, sin brings condemnation. And that condemnation brings a wedge between me and God. Sin separates us from God. Anyone that wants to fulfill destiny must understand that I need clarity, I need speed, I need energy to run. But one thing that will slow me down will be impurities. So I need to go for purity of life. Purity. Purity. I need to take charge of my mind. I need to take charge of my mind. Can you hear me ask your neighbor, what's on your mind? Yeah. Your life goes in the direction of your most dominant thought. That's where it goes. It goes in the direction of your most dominant thought. So, if there's anything that you've been struggling with today, I want you to release it to God. Yeshua is here. Thank you for listening to a message from the